says it's on. You guys hear me? Awesome. It's an awesome song. I actually like that. Um, hmm. God's calling. Amen. You guys have your Bibles? You have your brains? I love when people buy, uh, bring their Bibles, but if I had the choice, I would rather you bring your brain just in case. That way it gets in your brain. You can go home and look it up. But sometimes people can bring their Bibles as an excuse not to open their mind. And so I just I want to engage every part of us this morning. Um, can we just pray? I just There's such an awesome spirit here. I, re- I really feel God's doing a cool thing here. Let's just... Um, let's just um, just posture yourself for him to talk to you right now. Father, we just, uh, Lord, we thank you that you have invited us <laughs> into your presence. <laughs> Lord, we, we can say we invite you, but there isn't anywhere that you already aren't. <laughs> you're, you're everywhere. And Lord, we, we thank you for this awesome invitation. Yeah. Lord, we are just, we're ready. Lord, we just receive Whatever it is you have to say, Lord, and I know even as my mouth is moving, Lord, to everyone in here is going to probably receive something a little different, and you're going to anoint us all a little bit different according to the measure of faith we have. So, Lord, just increase, increase, Lord, everything that we are hearing. Increase, God. We just invite the Holy Spirit to just to begin to do something different in us. Uh, we, we invite you to speak, Lord, just revelations, the secrets, the mysteries, Lord, the mysteries of the universe in Jesus' name. I just declare, I just declare right now, a, uh, we've been seeing something awesome where the supernatural, uh, the supernatural has begun moving on, the Spirit of God is moving on people, and we were just talking about people getting cured of cancer in our house. And I just, I just declare that is not for our house. That is for all mankind. Just as salvation at one point was for the Jews, but then all of a sudden there was this outbreak. Outbreak. And, and, and even some of the apostles didn't even know that it had spread past their own nation. I just declare that, that right now being spread outside this house, outside of people. I just declare that we would walk by people and they would get healed. That, are, that we would even be able to pray and the very spirit of our words would travel and we would be unleashing heaven's ministers over the airwaves and those words would become lives in people's flesh. Just as our heavenly Father spoke and it became, we are in that same image and we will speak and it will become. Lord, I just thank you for that uh, supernatural power. And us, there's just a new chime. There's a new chime in our hearts. I thank you, Father, for changing the song. Lord, we change the station. We we start beginning to sing the song of the redeemed. Father, I ask right now for just a, a just break down our concepts. Break down, Lord. Oh man, break down the tabernacles of yesterday. Lord, let us become living tabernacles. Living encounters. Living, walking encounters in the name of Jesus. You will no longer, says the Lord, you will no longer build tabernacles. You will be the tabernacle. You will be, just like Jesus, God allowed David to build a tabernacle out of flesh. The symbolism was that you would be the tabernacle of flesh. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I I just even declare breakthroughs in science right now. Lord, those who have an anointing um, and the uh, demonstration and the seeking out of knowledge and the wisdom of men, I just thank you right now that you are confounding their wisdom with revelation knowledge. And we even thank you for the cure of cancer even in medicine. Lord, I, I just want to thank you for what you do that's invisible, but I thank you when you release things to humanity that becomes a corporate anointing and a corporate revealing of freedom in people's bodies. And, and right now, I just declare, uh, I, we, are, we will see, 
we will see the end of cancer in our lifetime. We do not, we do not fear when someone gets a cold and gets a flu. It's just like, oh, okay, well, you'll get over that in a couple days. And I just declare that same spirit of faith over cancer. I don't have to understand it. I just know with you all things are possible. And I just, right now, I just, right now, just start to, just start to move the rooms of heaven, Heavenly Father. And as we being, we being these awesome rooms, we just start, and as we are the inhabitants, as we are these tabernacles, as we come into contact with doctors, as, with scientists, the very, the very mind of Christ that is giving us revelation according to our own environment is going to start giving them revelation according to their environment and according to their research, and there's breakthroughs coming. In the name of Jesus, just go big. God says, go big. Don't think, don't think. I mean, that's just a, oh man. Just do something new, says the Lord. Have a different thought. Repent. Change your mind. I'm bigger than what you think. You're, you're not thinking big enough. You're not, you're not dreaming big enough. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. Amen. How many of you guys? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm keeping my eyes closed. You guys can look around. But how many of you guys have ever? Um, how many of you guys have ever read the story of Daniel and Joshua? And you you see these anointings of men uh, who uh, have dreams and interpret dreams. Um, I'm not going to look, but I just want you to raise your hand if if that is that is a that is something that has really interested you with the the interpretation of dreams. Just raise your hand. And I just want to tell you that you are going to start receiving dreams. Some of you haven't had or memorized or had a memory of a dream in a while. And for those of you who raised your hand with that act of faith, I really believe the Holy Spirit's going to start giving you weird dreams. Weird, like what in the world was that? And the Holy Spirit is going to start teach. He's going to start teaching you how to interpret dreams. And the reason for this gift is because He's going to bring you before the feet of CEOs. He's going to bring you before the presidents, before kings, before rulers. And Pharaoh is going to be looking to this house for answers, for interpretations, for dreams. And so I just let's just. Let's prepare our mind for the things we don't understand in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow, it's bright. <laughs> I, was, uh, I just, uh, I, I came and me watched a movie a couple weeks ago. It was, it was called Jobs. It was a story of Steve Jobs. And he started having these dreams and visions. He started having these visions of things that were not invented. And... And he's talking with this guy who had developed this, this really, uh, in really early uh, season of its development, a computer console where someone can interface and see what's going on on the computer, if you guys remember that generation. And this guy who's developing it, and Steve Jobs walked in and saw this on his table, and he said, you know, what is that? And the guy was like, oh, it's nothing, and he turns it on. And it was this interface, and he's like, you know how big this is? And the guy's like, oh, it's, it's not that big of a deal. You know, and, and this guy, Steve Jobs is really trying to push this idea. And all of a sudden, they're out, they're at this car, and, he, and this guy who kind of came up with the idea first, and then Steve Jobs saw it, he said, no one's going to want this. No, nobody wants this. And Steve Jobs said this. He said, how is somebody going to know what they want if they've never seen it before? And I just, I just want the, the, I think there's a word of the Lord to the church, and it's the word think. Because in, 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 a corporate, in a corporate setting of religion, you are not allowed to think. You are told what to think. But in an apostleship, where you have fathers, they their goal is not to keep you in a house. It's for you to learn to steward your own. And I really think that that mantle of that apostleship mantle is being passed out.
to people in our congregation where you're going to learn your, your, the way you hear information is going to be different. No longer are you going to hear someone's day as they're talking to you is going to be just, oh, that's what's going on. But you're going to hear people's testimonies, and instead of it being a story, you're going to see it be a door. You're going to see it be an invitation to a new epic season in their life. And I see that with everyone. And, and, and it's just, even as I just said it, it's just now that new reality is unlocked to you. You're going to start, when people are giving you things, when they're telling you how this weekend goes, and you ask them, you're going to start seeing God prepping them for the rest of their life, a next season of their life, just as, just as Daniel did with Nebuchadnezzar. He had a dream, and it worried him, or maybe they had something's going on, and it's worrying them, and we're going to be able to say, the Lord is preparing you for da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And they are going to be blown away as what you say comes to life. And here's the good news. It's only going to be good news. He doesn't have thoughts of calamity for you. Like, when you hear something, and it's like, man, that's, that sounds like a weird thought. Uh, that, that's weird. You're going to run it through the filter of goodness. And once, if it, if it starts going bad for the person, you're going to go, wait a minute, that's, that's, the old, that's the old way of doing things. We have a good word for you. And you're going to take what the enemy meant for discouragement, and, and you are going to take it, and you're just going to rob the enemy. Just rob him. You're just going to pit pocket that thought, and it's going to be so good. And the person's going to be a little weirded out by how good it is. And if you want that, you can just raise your hand and say, oh, that'd be fun. I want to try that out. Let's try it out. If you don't want it, that's okay. It, it's not for you. But if you want it, some of you guys like where you're at, but some of you guys are hungry. And I, I never want to come to a point where my belly is full because there's always more. Like, I'm, I'm filled, but I want to overflow. Um, anyway, I really have a... Uh, Appreciated what the Holy Spirit has been when speaking um, with family power. The season, uh, the series my dad's been talking about, because it's it's really encouraged me to kind of uh, revisit the way I think about things. And if you are coming to church without the intention of your mind being changed, you're gonna. I just want to encourage you. You're gonna do. You're gonna get a lot more things done if you don't come, just because. I mean, I'm not encouraging you to not come. I'm just saying, why are you coming? If you're not coming to change, if you're not coming to, to have your mind renewed, then just maybe, maybe look at your heart. Okay? Just maybe look at your heart. You know, God wants to increase your borders. Okay? And there's something, there's a picture that I got with uh, the people of God and that is, there's a difference between building up and building out. Okay? If you guys look at buildings that are built really high, they're really awesome and you have a lot of perspective. But how many of you guys know your, 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 vertical, your vertical height of your building doesn't determine your influence, it's the landscape you acquire that determines your influence. And there's a difference between presence and principle. And a lot of people have a, they have a spot of land that they have acquired from the presence of God, and they have built up. And they have built on a principle, up and up, and, and they're building this high rise, okay? So you have in your city, you have in your city this really tall one building. M maybe your building is family, Maybe you have worked really, really, really hard on having an amazing family environment. Maybe, maybe your building is encouraging people. Maybe your building is um, uh, hope. Uh, maybe your building is being disciplined. But you have one building that's really tall, but you have no influence. But you have one awesome thing that people go, that's neat, you got it, but you're not in my landscape. And I, I really feel that the presence of God is what gives you this 
When we're walking in the presence, he gives you land. But then when he gives you principle, he builds. And so we, I really feel that God wants to start expanding our borders, but he only does that from presence. But then when, he starts, when you start to build on what he acquired, it starts to become more glorious. So there is a walking out presence. I mean, you guys know there's a lot of people who know how to walk in the presence of God, but they have no principle in their life. So it just looks like landscape. But it's like, wow, that's, you got a lot of land there, but what are you doing with it? But there's a lot of people, they have no landscape, they just have one really tall building. And God wants to expand with presence, and he wants to build with principle. And so, just, amen? Um, I wanted to talk today about, I'm already going into it, and that is uh, stewarding, stewarding your own garden. When we're talking about our, our family, uh, wherever you're at, if you're a, how many, we got, um, how many dads in here do we have? Dads? What about, what about granddads? Any granddads in here? Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Moms, you got moms in here? Okay. What about grandmas? Grandmas? Awesome. Now, how many of you, um, how many of you are not a mom or a grandma? You're a daughter. You're just a daughter. You're not a mom and you're not a grandma. You're just a daughter. Okay. Now, something that really God's been showing me is there is you. There are different glories in your life. Some of you have a daughter glory right now, and then when you get married, you get a you get a, a wife glory, and then. When you have kids, you get a, a mom glory. And then when you have, I'm dealing with the female right now, then you get a grandkids, you become a grandma glory. With every glory comes a new grace. Yes. Yes. You can't, if you're, if you're a daughter and you're a daughter right now, you're not going to have grace for a wife because you're not in that glory yet. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be able to focus on the glory and the grace that he currently has us with, not the glory and grace that we're not in. Because when you start worrying about the land you have not yet acquired, you start becoming worried. You start getting this attitude of, uh, what's going on? God, where are you? And this whole, this whole weird things happens in your spirit. And God, I really, got, I think God wants us to focus on what He has given us, and be amazing at what He has given us. And then, once you become amazing at what He's given you, when He decides to reveal a new glory, there will be a new grace. But don't worry about the grace you don't have if the glory is not on you for that grace. Okay, um, when we. Um, as, as, a young, as a young boy growing up, I had certain things that my, my dad and mom would teach me that would reveal, they were teaching me things according to the grace that I had, but they would always throw out a nugget of mystery and revelation to see for this next glory for the next period of my life. Uh, every, everyone in here is in a certain stage, so this, this kind of goes across the board. Your children are at a stage. Your, your grandma is, at, you know, whether you're starting in diapers or you're ending in diapers, you have a grace and you have a glory, okay? And um, one thing that Kim and me were talking about is how we learn specific things at specific times in our life. And things that we drew from experiences with our, our parents. Like, how many of you guys know your, your kids will learn from the things you teach them, but they also learn from the things that you don't teach them? And I'm, I'm really interested when I talk to young people about wh when I ask them what they, are, what they are learning from their parents, the majority of what they are telling me has nothing to do with what their parents say. And that's very, it's very interesting to me that we don't necessarily learn by what is taught. And you've heard things aren't taught, they're caught. 
And I think that there's something very spiritual about that. Um, that we are, what we're displaying, well, let me say it like this. Jesus, if Jesus never spoke a single word, but he demonstrated the power of God to his disciples, at least his disciples would know the environment they're trying to create around them. But if all he did was talk and never demonstrate, they would think, you know, we have a lot of really good ideas. And I think the church needs to have an equal amount of demonstration as they do doctrine. And I think when we become more, more worried about the accuracy of our doctrine rather than the accuracy of our demonstration, we start to create, we start to create, uh, it's an environment for a powerless gospel that doesn't change people. We had an awesome time in our, our Wednesday night class, and I do my absolute best. I'm, I'm getting my mind blown by the Holy Spirit. He's asking me questions, and I'm like, I don't know, this is so awesome! You know, and it's just like looking through the gospel in a whole new way. And, and one thing that I, I, I told them this, and I'm going to throw this out there, but it was the question... Uh, I asked one of the students, I said, can you read the whole Bible and, and, and go to hell? Can you memorize the whole Bible and go to hell? Well, absolutely. Well, can you never read it and go to heaven? And I think it's very important that we teach our children how to think. Because a lot of really important questions that they are going to be asked a lot of times don't make sense when we don't ask them these really important questions. And a lot of times it's because we haven't come to the answer ourselves. And I think it's really important that we start understanding and not only standing under what we believe in and understanding that. Um, I actually asked Kim to come up and just share a little bit of some of the things. And actually she said she had a couple things she wanted to share. Just about things that she was able to catch from her parents. And do you have a mic? Oh, it's on the stand. Oh, you do have it. Well, he just asked me to share for a minute because I've been a daughter and a wife and now a mother. So I've got a little experience in learning, and it's great. So um, David and I, of course, both come from wonderful families, so we're so blessed to have that heritage. And it's it's great how many times... Can I sit down? <laughs> Thanks. Ah, thank you. Okay, good. It's um, had people come to me and say, gosh, I wish my family was like yours. Your family's not arguing. You get together. You hang out. And my mom's laughing because... <laughs> She knows what our family's really like. No, we, we're a real family. We're not perfect. <laughs> but when people see that, there's so many people that have so many struggles in their families. You know, they're not talking to this person. They're not talking to that person. There's no love. There's no communication. And you don't have to be perfect. But when you have that love in your family, and our parents have been such an example to us, and, you know, of course, I credit my family and how I live my life to the example I've had because not only have they taught me and given me lessons and shown me things, but they've been the example. So I've seen what a wife is, what a mother is. And so I learned that growing up and that's what I get to portray for my husband and for my daughter. I made little changes, but <laughs> no, <laughs> I've learned so many, so many good things because so much what David's talking about is so much of what's going on is, I'm saying, you know, you hear, it's not all about you. Well, I'm going to say, it is all about you. How you conduct yourself, what you do, because we don't have control over those around us. We really don't. You really can't control your children all that much. You can, you know, when they're small, you can pick them up and put them where you want them. But you can't control them for that long. You can control you, and that's who they see is you. And there's just, you know, of course, having a young child now that 
notices everything and sees everything now. She's very observant. She's at that age. And, you know, when she was a baby, we, I could still do what I wanted. <laughs> but now I can't eat certain things in front of her because she wants to eat it. And I'm saying, well, she eats so much junk food. Well, I have to stop eating the junk food. That's my fault for eating junk food in front of her. And so, and you know, just the, you have to watch what spirits you bring in the home. You know, there's times where you come home and you bring a spirit of fear or stress or anxiety and your children pick up on that and they know what's going on. And, um, you know, there, the other day I was, I guess I was a little stressed from work and I came home and I was, she picked up on it right away and she was throwing a fit and I'm getting upset because she's throwing a fit. And then I stopped. No, this is my fault. I brought this in. This was on me. I have got to change me. This is not her fault. And um, just reflecting on yourself. Um, There's so many times that we make problems seem so much bigger than they are because we're like, that person needs to change and that person needs to change. Why aren't they doing that? And there's times you look back at yourself and like, you know, if I just change my perception and if I become loving and if I see then there's not so much of a problem anymore. And I see that, um, you know, even say, say you have an adult child or a friend or somebody who's in a relationship that you're not pleased with and you know, Oh, they need to change that. Why, why are they with that person? And it may not be a good thing or whatever, but there's times where you say it, well, I can change my perception and I can show love to this person. And usually the funny thing is when you do that, one of two things happens, either they break up <laughs> Or you have so much love for that person, they experience God's love and everything's great anyway. So there's just that kind of thinking of changing yourself and how you perceive things. You can't change everybody else, but when you change yourself, you can change your environment and bring that spirit in to your home. And um, and uh, I'm sorry, I've got so many thoughts, but I was trying to just organize them. Um, but as far as... a Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, just as far as uh, teaching your, your kids how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, which is something that we've, you know, really tried to, to do with Reagan, even though she's so young. And it's amazing. I think young kids are so much more sensitive to the Holy Spirit than adults because they're not clouded in. They don't have all the thoughts in their head. And um, there was a day that I came home from work, and I had a really bad day at work. Not typical. And I picked her up, and, and I knew before I picked her up, I was like, I'm, I'm not bringing this home. Not bringing this home. And I really thought I did a good job of covering it up. <laughs> and we got home, and we were doing our normal routine and doing our stuff. And I'm sitting on the couch watching TV with her. And she comes over to me, and she lays her hand on me, and she prays for me. And I'm like... <laughs> No, you just prayed for me. You knew. It's like, we, it's working. We're, we're teaching her, you know. And there's times where, you know, she prays on command. We say pray for so-and-so, and she prays, and we're teaching her. But that was all her. I mean, she picked that up. And that was just really encouraging to me that we're, we're doing our job. And it starts, of course, we have a wonderful leader in our home, and we're so, so blessed that David does such a good job of leading. And he doesn't lead with... You know, these are the rules of my house. Do this, do that, don't do that, and then you'll be, you'll be okay. David leads by example. David leads. He doesn't push. And, um, and we were talking last night about maybe in our early years of marriage, he thought I had some problems submitting, <laughs> which could very well be true. <laughs> I'll go ahead and say that. But he said... More, you know, lately uh, he hasn't felt that way. But he said part of the thing was, and I don't know, he may want to sort of share the story later, but that he had a battle inside of him, that he thought the problem was me. And then when he changed him, he didn't feel that problem anymore. And honestly, I think that changed me as well. And that's how it went. And the way that he leads, I'll just share another quick story. The other night, I was online shopping. And I'm not a shopper, and I don't spend a lot of money, and I don't have a problem there or anything, and he knows that. But I had put an unusual amount of items in my online shopping bag. And, and I was showing him, you know, I said, well, I probably shouldn't buy this much stuff, so maybe you'll help me see what we don't need. And he said, well, there should be a clear all button. <laughs> and 
at first, I got a little like, hmm, you know, clearing all. That's, that's, and that's not typical of him. But then once I realized, and he had said later that he was joking, and he said, if you really want all those things, you can buy them. That's okay. And you know what? It was the fact that he trusts me enough. He gives me that leeway. He gives me the opportunity that if I did want to do that, I could. But I know it's my decision, and I have to think. And he puts things. He doesn't just say, no, you're not having that. This is what you're having. He lets me think for myself. He lets me make my decisions. And he leads me in that way, and, that, and that's the kind of leader he is, that he's not just telling me exactly what to do. I didn't buy the stuff, actually. I, <laughs> I ended up deciding I didn't need it. And I was just happy that he told me I could have it if I wanted it. And I think that's all I wanted. <laughs> so anyway, I guess uh, I think that's all I had to say. That was just my little two cents on um, our family. So you get to... Amen. Gosh. Yeah, when we when we first got married, I you, when when you first get married and you don't have the grace when you're single and you think you have a grace for marriage but you don't have a glory and then when you come into it with that old glory thinking and you're like uh, this is not what I thought it was and it was an amazing relationship but my, I didn't understand the role that I had when I came into it. So when we got married, I like I, I can't tell you how many times I'm looking at like I need to call the elders together, and my wife it needs to be aligned. <laughs> there, there are some serious issues that, and and I really believe. I believe the Holy Spirit was not allowing me to make that phone call. I believe the Holy Spirit was trying to teach me self-control. And and I, now I'm not going to I'm not don't universalize that statement. I'm just saying in that instance I there's at least maybe four or five times where I'm like I need I need to Bible says this, and she's not doing it. We need we need some straightening out, you know. She's really a believer, and I, I just I had these thoughts, and I realized I told Kim later on. I said I realized those weren't my thoughts. I really thought they were, and I I felt like they were, but they weren't. And then it was the Holy Spirit was keeping me from making that phone call because He was trying to build something in me. There's a verse that says, to the pure, all things are pure. And I really believe that when you start to clean out the way you see things, I don't ever think, uh, when you really start to clean out the way you see things, they're not exactly how they, you thought they were. Have you ever heard two people arguing and you totally hear where the break in communication is? And you're like, you guys aren't hearing each other. You ever done that? Well, it's, it's really easy to be extrospective like that when you're not in the situation. But when you are in the situation, it's, very, it's, very, it's a different environment completely. And I think it's really the Holy Spirit that allows you to kind of step back and go, wait a minute, this, I don't like the way our communication is going. And a couple years back, Kim and me started, we had a, we had a disagreement with us. A disagreement on something. We, we actually don't fight. We don't really have that temperament in our house, but we disagree on stuff. And when we started uh, disagreeing on the stuff, I'm just like, you know what? I don't like my spirit. I, I, I said that out loud. I go, I don't like my spirit. And they said, I, I go, we're right next to the stairs. I said, I don't like my spirit. I'm, 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 I'm done with the way I, I'm thinking. I, I'm changing. Don't like, please don't don't be worded out. I don't like I don't like me right now. I got to change. So um, we'll ad- I'll address this. We'll we'll talk about the details later. But right now I'm not being healthy for us. And and it was just like a okay yeah no no that's fine. And there was an immediate swish in the environment. It's a lot of times the battle isn't the battle. 
A lot of times the battle is a spirit battle, and we're so blinded by the circumstance, we don't see who the real enemy is. One thing I've learned is, is you might not be the problem, but you are the solution. And once I took that, once I really, the Holy Spirit shared that with me, that has totally given me a grace of disarmament. But it's because I'm realizing that I can fix things in me. I actually don't want, I don't want to fix Kim because I don't think I have the, I don't have the authority to fix her. Only the Holy Spirit does. But you know the Holy Spirit has given me a steward over is myself. I can't even fix my kid. You know, I don't think she's broken, but I don't, I am not trying to teach Reagan to not do bad things. I'm trying to teach Reagan how to think. I actually want to teach her to be all things to all men. I want her to be able to understand scenarios and to be able to change and listen to the Holy Spirit and find the way in every situation. Um... I'm going to just run through a couple things, and I'm going to close, because we I think we kind of hit some some stuff here. I had a, um, I had a Facebook conversation with uh, some people uh, just a, uh, about four or five months ago, and they were talking about their desire to reinstate the Christendom government, okay, whatever that looks like, okay? We, we don't have a government that represents... Uh, heaven, a Christian dome that would usher in the king. What can we do to usher in that kingdom? And they started, they started listing off their methods of. Oh well, what we need to do is we need to get a very, we need to get a cluster of people who believe like us, go into some nowhere land, start, uh, start a community. And I'm like, do you guys know what you guys are sounding like? And he's like, we start a community. And if anyone doesn't believe what we believe, uh, we control the real estate and we won't sell to them. And I'm like, that, what, are you serious? And like, and so I, I chimed in and I said, can I, can I give my opinion? I, I said, I kind of like the government Jesus left us with. Power, love, and a sound mind. That word sound mind is the same word of self-control. I like that government. Authority, self-authority, love, and a sound mind. And um, they, 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 did kind of, they kind of breezed over it. And I was like, how do you guys plan on kind of ushering this in? And they gave some things. And I'm like, you, know, you guys are kind of serious about this. And then um, I, this is what I said. I said, if the, if the man's the head of the home... And they were all men. I said, why can't you just, why can't you steward yourself? And as fruit of your own tree, it trickled down. And then someone wrote this, no, that will take too long. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you actually really believe that. And therein lies the problem with everything you're creating. It's because you think the problem is everyone else's fault. I love what the, the I love the contrast of what the first Adam and the second Adam says. The first Adam says it's not my fault. The second Adam said it's not their fault. It wasn't me, God. It was the woman. Jesus says, "Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing." So I look and I go, "What?" What season do I want to live in? Do I want to live in a thorns and thistles? Or do I want to live in the fruit of the Spirit? You, you can choose to live in thorns and thistles. You know what thorns and thistles represent? Unintentionality. It, it represents what's going on. It represents this isn't what I meant to happen. Or you can live in the second Adam that everything is exactly what you created. And guess what? If, you're, if it's your responsibility, if you claim responsibility, then you're responsible. And that's the awesome thing about grace. It is the ultimate enabler for anyone in any situation. 
all the time. Living in grace does something to you that finds a way for people when no one else finds a way. Ever. It's, it's amazing. I love how Jesus found a way for the adulterer. And I, can I just, can I give you guys a, can I just prod you, see if the Lord will heal you from this, but I think if we have the example in the Bible of Pharisees bringing the adulteress to Jesus, and draws in the sand, he ignores them. He ignores them. And then he says, who is without sin cast the first stone? I want, you, I, want you to, I want you to create a line of people. Who's the next person that they bring? So when, when Christians start talking to you about the gay community, are you going to not listen to what they say and say, he's without sin, cast the first stone? I, I, I want hurt people in these seats because I have healing. And... If you don't take responsibility, I will, because I have grace to do it. And I will find a way for those people. I will, f I will keep my lens clean, and me keeping my lens clean will clean them. I will create an environment. Our homes, our churches need to be a place where we have a big God. If, if uh, those, those Pharisees had a small God that only worked... Uh, can I have a... I'm going to pose this. Why would God create a book that would limit himself? Why would an eternal, huge God create a book that limits his ability to work? I bet you... I bet you the, the author is bigger than his book. I bet you he has more to say, and it can only be said through love. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit is starting to do a new thing, but I, I, I want you guys to really focus on your heart and how you see things. When you have something, I, I'm really learning something from Reagan. I'm learning how I'll come home, and she just wants, she just wants to be around. She wants to play. She wants to talk. She's... She's learning. I'm driving in the car, and the guy slams on his brakes in front of me, and I go, oh, what in the world? And she goes, what in the world? I'm like, all right. Now, you're so funny, and she just kind of smiling in the back. I'm creating a lens for her. Do I, do I want to create a lens for her where there are certain people that God can touch and there are certain people that he can't? Do, do I want to, is, is salvation, is the message of salvation bigger than what I thought it was? And I, I, I want to challenge these thoughts, and here's the reason why. It's because it's stewarding your garden. What are you going to allow grow in your garden? Are you going to preserve the seed of the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit, His ministry, is the preservation of that which says that we are sons of God? We are sons of God. But you're, you're doing, my, my, my wife, she is not doing, she is a woman of God. Believe that and you will see it. What about when my son is, is, is dating an atheist? Go love the atheist. Where are your sins? I'm on, you're on my side, says the Lord. Believe them into creation. What about... Uh, here's what I said. I said this to Randy. I, I said this to Randy yesterday. I said, I, I would take a believer to go see... We have an awesome new movie out. Well, may I, I, there, that movie, God's Not Dead. And if you ever take... If, if you try to take an atheist to see that movie, they're not going to want anything to do with you. And I'm not saying... I'm, it's a great movie. It's not for evangelism. It's, it's, the strengthen, it's the strengthen the conviction of the believer. But it's not going to change, change the heart of an atheist. Because what happens is, because people get unbelieved out of, of God. 
nobody doesn't, we have this idea that you can, you know, God is love, but he's not all love. There are some weird versions of love, but I believe people turn to the weird versions of love when they get presented by a believer a distortion of love, and they just actually get that spirit, and it turns into something. And when the believer, when when we speak this message of unconditionality, it changes people. But if it, you don't allow it to change you, you will not have grace for them. Um, a couple, one of the last things, I guess I should read a Bible verse. One of the things I wrote down here is God intended the families to be one mind, many thoughts, the same spirit. One mind, many thoughts, the same spirit. You will never lead anyone else unless you lead yourself. And just to, just to put you at ease, you guys turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. I'm going to go crazy fast here. Matthew chapter 6. You guys okay? Okay, we're going to read 19 through 34. Real quick. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor dust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Can I, where's, where, are, where are the eyes? They're in the head. Who's the head of the family? That's right. As Christ is the head of the church, so are dads. I'm talking to you real quick. If your eyes see right, your whole body is going to be full of light. Guide your perception. And when you start seeing something in what God has given you to steward underneath you, change the way you see, and it'll change the way it shines. It says, um, uh, verse uh, 23, But if your eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Awesome lesson there we're not going to get into. Therefore, now circle this one from here down. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your wife. I mean life. Do not what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or hers, Selah. What you will put on, what she will wear, Selah. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Neither They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O ye of little hearing. You have to protect what you're hearing. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit will... When the Holy Spirit doesn't see your nature on you, you will feel powerless because you're not listening to the right voice. So you start, you start feeling disgraced to do something, it's probably because you're not hearing what He's saying. Or you're not listening. And when, when I was have those moments with Kim, I'm not seeing... I'm not operating in grace. I'm not operating how God sees her. So my environment starts to look like darkness. And so it starts to not be clear, and I start having to throw out accusations until I get a bounce back. 
And God doesn't work like that. It actually allows you to see things. And so, um, for after these things the Gentiles seek, for your Heavenly Father knows what you need, all these things, but seek first the authority of God. You guys see it as your kingdom. But the word there, kingdom, is the word authority. And all these things will be added to you. I'm going to say one more thing, and I'm going to close. How many of you guys, how many of you guys know the Bible verse that says, uh, if you spare the rod, you will spoil the child? You guys know that verse? Well, it's, it, we, we always talk about, well, we don't always, but we've mentioned about the, the principle of first mention, of every time there's something mentioned for the first time, it's God trying to give an example for the rest of the time it's seen throughout the scripture. So I did some research on the rod, and the first time rod is ever mentioned and detailed is in the story of Moses when he's shepherding sheep, and he gets confronted by the burning bush, and God says, take the rod in your hand and cast it down. So he takes the rod, he casts it down, you guys know the story, it turns into a serpent. God says, pick it up by the tail, picks it up by the tail, and it turns back into a rod. And God says, this will be for a sign. This is the first time the word rod is ever mentioned in the Bible. Now, I've grown up in a home, and we, we have no problem with spanking our kids. We, we don't have a problem with that. However... There's something that I have seen. I've seen a lot of people who they are sparing the wrong rod. See, I, I see kids that grow up in a home and they get plenty of spankings, but they never see the signs and wonders of heaven. I think I can show you the rod like a spoon or a spanking stick and you will fear me. But if I show you the Moses rod, you will fear him. I want to make sure that I don't spare the right rod. Because if I show my child the demonstration of the power of God, it's going to change them and the way they see things. They, the way things can be, they could be different. If I have to resort to that rod, I will, but I will all, I'm, I'm going to train up my children to work their own rod. Here's something cool. God gave Moses the rod before he ever crossed the Red Sea. Before Moses got the Ten Commandments, he had the rod. Because you have the anointing before you ever have knowledge or understanding. Before God ever gives you rules, he will give you authority. Because rules never change you, the anointing will change you. And that Rod represented the authority, the power, and the anointing of God. And I want to demonstrate to my children the anointing. I want to demonstrate His power, not my power. If it will resort to that, it will. But I am being so positioned right now, I can't tell you how many times there's been these, oh, it'd be so easy just to take you over my knee be over so quick. But self-control is a greater anointing. And I have had to say, okay, I need to demonstrate. I, need, I haven't demonstrated. I need to demonstrate the authority of God. I really, I want to create the environment where they know God is real. And I believe when you don't spare that rod, I, I don't think the children are going to want any other reality because they've tasted and they've seen that this God is a good God. Because I've seen parents that they live by that scripture, but they're, they're, they, they don't spare the rod. 
but their kids walk away from the Lord. So it obviously there's a deeper meaning. And the goal isn't to have our children never do anything wrong. The goal is for us to, to demonstrate to them an amazing dad, amazing mom, who, you know what, no matter what you do, I am never going to be against you. I will always be for you. I will, I will always, you will never stop my love from coming. You can't do it. And, and it's like, but they might stop worrying. Stop it. That, that spirit will never get you anywhere. All right, let's, uh, let's just pray right now for um, some, some stuff. Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit here. I just thank you with what, what Kim shared. Lord, there's just an anointing right now for, for change right now. And I thank you that you're bringing change to the way we see things. You're changing our mind. You're giving us uh, a new morning. Lord, I thank you right now for our kids. I thank you for the family. And Lord, we won't accuse other people of having a wrong demonstration of what a family is when, when we ourselves have things to work on. And even if our family, even if our family structure was perfect, we still refuse to throw stones at other people. Lord, I just thank you right now for mercy. I, I, mercy is greater than judgment, says the Lord. Lord, you would be such, we would be such a people of mercy as you were and as you demonstrated that we will be relentless at, uh, at loving people. We will, we will not stop. Lord, and we thank you for the demonstration that you took us and your gospel has now become our gospel, Lord. And it is, our, it is our message, Lord, that we have become so united with the message as a messenger that we become the message. Lord, I thank you for um, the anointing and every parent that's here. If you're a parent, just, just grab uh, the hand of your, your spouse if they're, in the, if they're in the room. Just, just take a hold of them. And say, just, just begin to say, Lord, anoint me. Oh, Lord, anoint me to show me how to demonstrate the power of God in our life. Lord, so much of a demonstration that there is no way this could be me. Lord, let me demonstrate all of you. Lord, let me not spare the rod of the anointing. And I thank you so much for what you're doing in, in, in my heart. Change me, God. Lord, don't change anyone else until you change me. Because you want me to be a steward of my garden. You do not want things to get there without me intentionalizing their placement. There will not be thorns and thistles in my garden. It will be a garden of intentional living, intentional loving, and a grace, Lord, that allows me to to be a bigger seed planter and a harvester uh, than I can imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We thank you guys so much um, just for coming today. And we want to we pray if anyone just wants a, just some expanded grace. Uh, maybe, you want, uh, maybe you want something, but you don't know what it is. You might just be like, I don't know why I just need to go up there and get some prayer for something. Even somebody with some headaches or something. God wants just to remove even small things like that. So thank you guys so much. You have a home group tonight. And God bless you guys. Give somebody a hug.